0: Welcome back to the Casual Heresy Podcast. Hope you've had a good week, heretics. My name is Michael. And I'm Spencer. And we have our good friend, Father Kevin, back here with us today. My favorite thing about Father Kevin is that if you give him a bunch of grapes and a microwave, he can make little stars of plasma. (laughs) (laughs) Father, would you like to lead us in an opening prayer?
1: Sure, sure. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we come before you today with open hearts. Send your Spirit among us to show us all that you want to teach us. Lord, by the grace of your Son's death on the cross and his resurrection in this Easter time, help us to live holy lives, help us to strive for holiness in our call to be saints each and every day. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.
0: So, Father, you've got some info on uh, saints from Wisconsin for us, right?
1: Yeah. So, here's the thing. There are no canonized saints from the state of Wisconsin. (laughs)
0: <laughs> However, yeah.
1: <laughs> However, we have this whole deal called the process of canonization in the church. As you know, there's the Servant of God stage where they have uh, a cause opened with the Vatican. There's an investigation being done, and we have the Venerable stage where the Pope declares somebody Venerable, meaning they lived a heroic life of virtue and. It's worth going forward with the cause. And uh, then blessed is after a miracle is attributed to the person's prayers from heaven. And then saint, which is when another miracle is attributed to the person's prayers in heaven and the Pope decides to make the person a saint.
0: Those stages might sound familiar to people who support us on Patreon.
1: Oh, (laughs) nice. (laughs) So, so you could theoretically become a saint, you're saying, through this podcast? Oh, yes
0: (laughs) In a very heretical sense
1: (laughs) You could pay your way to heaven? That's right (laughs) So, the deal is there's no canonized saints from Wisconsin However, there are seven... People in the process of being canonized, who have causes. Which sounds like a lot to me. It does. Isn't that good? That is good. Yeah, seven. When I first started looking into this, I, I started coming across um, three three in particular, but then um, someone told me that there was this uh, grave out in Stevens Point of a martyr, I was like, "What? I've gone all through seminary, and and I've never heard that there was a martyr from my state." I was like, "Oh, cool! All right." So I went to visit. So, for example, there's one. Okay, I'm not going to say his name yet. But to start, should we just walk through these? We have to spend tons of times in each one. But to start is one I've learned about more recently: servant of God. There's three servants of God. Servant of God. Joseph Walejewski, Walejewski, sorry, or Walejewski, Walejewski. I'm not sure how they say it in Wisconsin, but Polish priest born in Grand Rapids, Michigan, 1924 in the Depression. His family was quite poor due to that, and uh, two things I'm going to share about him. He uh, he would go to the market open air market for food and with his family. And he would always hope to find a piece of fruit on the ground. And one day somebody gave him a piece of fruit for free. And they told him, kid, this fruit's from South America. And he was just blown. His mind was blown. What? This piece of fruit from South America? You ever have that moment where you look at your banana? It's like, what? Guatemala? That came from all that way. Mm-hmm. So he had that thought. I think he thought he wanted to go to South America someday. And another thing happened. He saw this movie called Boystown. It was about this priest, Father Flanagan, who started a orphanage in Omaha. Does that sound familiar? Yeah. But there's this orphanage. It still exists. It's like a little town. Um, but he saw this movie, almost like people are seeing Father Stu these days. Like They're just enamored by this priest. Or, or impressed or some way drawn to this life. and He was drawn to Father Flanagan. So we're going to jump forward. He went to seminary. He got rejected from one school because of not being able to do the language. And, and he went to a different seminary, but then he couldn't go to Grand Rapids because he went to the wrong school. And he applied to be a priest for lacrosse because mm. they needed Polish-speaking priests. So there we have it. Yeah. He ended up studying in Milwaukee, as well, and so he became a priest in lacrosse and ended up starting an orphanage down in Peru. Wow. There's the two connections right there. And JP2 came and gave him 50 grand to do that. Not kind of neat. <laughs> in '85, JP2 gave him 50 grand to start an orphanage.
2: And how much is that worth now? That's a lot of <laughs> money.
1: Oh, the 50 grand. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So yeah, right. Yeah. Dang. Yeah, so he's buried down there by the orphanage. He died um two thousand six. Okay. So the Lacrosse Diocese is working on his cause.
2: It's a pretty long life.
1: Yeah, right. He was old. Yeah. Eighty. Something like eighty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same. Yeah, and Pope Francis has gone to his parishes that he started down there and mission parishes and Benedict was at his parishes when he was Pope. So kind of a happening thing down there.
2: That's good. Peru needs it.
1: Peru needs it. Yeah. Yeah. We all need it.
2: Wisconsin needs it.
1: Wisconsin (laughs) needs it. So pray for father Joe. Um, Servant of God, Stephen Eckert. I'll be brief with this one. He was born in Ontario in 1869. He became a Capuchin Franciscan. He ministered in New York and Indiana. And he met an African-American family, several families that he became good friends with in, in, in Yonkers, New York. And he, had this desire to devote his life completely to serving the African-American Catholic community. Cause there wasn't many people doing that. There wasn't many, they didn't have much for them in the Catholic church at that time. And his, the superior granted his request and gave him St. Benedict, the Moore parish in Milwaukee. That's where he did. That's what he did. And he was like one of the first priests doing that. And he right away went to all the parishioners doors in the neighborhoods And he made contact with 500 people right away. And he opened a school soon after. And 40 families joined the parish, joined the school right away because they trusted him so much from that initial contact. Dang. Yeah. (laughs) And he had a religious order come run the school. And he taught them all sports. (laughs) That's awesome. And he died there. And he's buried there. Milwaukee? Yeah, at the parish. Okay. Yeah, he's buried at the parish. Dang. Yeah. So his cause is going forward, but it kind of got slowed down by another saint's cause. Another Capuchin had more attention given to him, which rightly so. A woman, Sister Thea Bowman, was born in Missouri in 1937, a little more recently. And she was... Protestant, and at the age of nine, wanted to become Catholic. She asked her parents. At least she had some. There were some sisters at the school she went to. She asked her parents, "Can I become Catholic?" They said, "Okay." I'm not sure how the conversation went, but at the age of 15, she wanted to become a nun, and so she wanted to become a nun with the Sisters of Perpetual Adoration, which are based in La
2: Crosse.
1: Hmm. So she came up to Wisconsin from Missouri and became a nun. She became a teacher. Eventually got her doctorate from Viterbo University, even taught at CUA, Catholic University of America. Hmm. Um, Taught for 16 years until the Bishop of um, Missouri asked her to be the consultant for cultural um, diversity and she was supposed to go, she gave presentations around the country on dividing, on on breaking down barriers that divide cultures. That was her her thing. And she was very lively, dramatic theater, gospel preacher, kind of a lady, beautiful woman. There's pictures of her. But one year in 80, I think it was 84, both her parents died and she contracted breast cancer and she continued doing her mission until she died in 1990. And she is servant of God, hmm. Thea Bowman. Yeah, Sister? Sister Thea Bowman. You can this is cool because you can like find recordings of her and videos of her and hmm. stuff. Like she's very interesting. But her 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 prayer card. One of them has like her hair all gone.
2: Mm.
1: Yeah.
2: Is she? Do you know where she's buried?
1: She is buried by her parents down in uh, Missouri. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's interesting how recent some of these people yeah. lived.
1: Yeah. Like I mean,
0: um, the first one. Yeah, Father Joe. Father Joe. Just died. I mean that that overlapped with my lifetime. So yeah, like he was right, right. He was alive. I didn't even know it. <laughs> <Exactly>.
1: <laughs> Living Saint from
0: Wisconsin, you know? Yeah, yeah. So right. that's really cool.
1: Right, right. Yeah. You gets heard of Bishop Berga? Yes. Yeah, so that's the next one. Yeah. yeah. What do you know about him?
0: Uh, I know that he founded a lot of the churches in the UP. Yeah. And northern Wisconsin and northern Minnesota. And I remember vaguely that he basically just walked around on snowshoes to yeah. people to get winter, around yeah. yeah, back when there was nothing up there and it was like just him ministering to people. So that's what I know about him. And there's a the giant snowshoe cross. Bishop. Yeah.
1: The giant cross. Yeah.
2: And I know nothing about him.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he was born in Slovenia. He answered the call from Bishop Fenwick of Cincinnati to because they needed help in this new world, especially in the this new territory of the Midwest. What was that called? The, like the Northwest, Northwest territory? territory. Yeah, okay, yeah. Northwest Territory. And so he felt like, yeah, God's calling him to come over. So he came. He was really good with language. He knew like five languages already, and then he learned Ottawa to minister to the people of the Ottawa, and he would just go, yeah, from tribe to tribe, on foot or by canoe and visit these tribes. He was the only priest. He was the first priest to like minister to them since the Jesuits which were in the 1500s.
0: Wow. That's
2: amazing. Yeah. When was he around?
1: He he was um he was born in 1797. He came over in um like 1830 or something like that. No, 8 Yeah, I'm getting mixed up. He had to be a priest before he came over, so Hmm. (laughs) add like 26 years. So, yeah. Yeah, so 1820s probably came over. Yeah, and he would go, he would just decrease, he would go 50, 100, 200 miles by foot, by canoe, be crossing the Great Lakes, especially Lake Superior. Um, There's some crazy stories. I took a biography about him up to the Boundary Waters last time I was up there and just read that book when I was there. It was awesome because this was like, this is it. This is where he was. This is is here. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, So as far as Wisconsin is concerned, La Pointe, Wisconsin is like the main mission connected to Wisconsin. Otherwise, it was all UP, Michigan, Mm -hmm. and then also lower Michigan. Mm -hmm. Like Grand Rapids, he like founded that mission. Wow. It had a different name back then.
0: I only know about him because I was up hiking in the UP yeah, and we stumbled across this tiny little church
1: ah. and it
0: was, um, we went over to it to look at it and it said like, this was founded by father Baraga. Nice. And then nice. we were, you know, we keep driving. And it's like now entering Baraga County. And I was like, Oh, who cool. was this guy? Cool. <laughs> so I like did some Googling, but that's like the only reason I know about him. So
1: if you drive North through Duluth, you'll see a Brown information sign, say Baragas Cross. Mm. And there's a point where he was he was on canoe going from like an island to he was trying to get to the northern shore of Lake Superior. It was like forty miles, and they were getting blown by a huge storm. And he was like, "Lord, just get us to shore!" And some other wind came and just blew them this other direction, and they ended up in this calm little like outlet of a creek of like a little river <laughs> just kind of waded into shore and he was like I'm going to build a cross <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> yeah a lot of life and death situations but pretty he really spent himself which is one of those things okay Vanderbilt Samuel Mazzucchelli have you heard of him? no much more connection to Wisconsin he was born in Milan an Italian, very smart. He's from a family of merchants and bankers. And uh, yeah, he got his degree. um, um, Oh, sorry. It was Berga who got his law degree in Vienna, Mm. which is pretty cool. Anyways, so uh, Mezichelli became a Dominican. And he became a priest very young, a Dominican priest. And his family was pretty disappointed about that because he could have had a pretty good job. But he also answered the call of Bishop Fenwick. To come over here. And he was born in 1806, so not too far after Beriga, But when he came over here, he was sent to like northern Illinois, northeast Iowa, like Dubuque. Mm. He founded the Dubuque churches. Oh, wow. And southern Wisconsin. And Green Bay. Oh, so, I believe he started in Mackinac Island, Mackinac Island, way up there, yeah. before he was sent down, but then he was, like, the only priest doing mission work in that it's southern like that Wisconsin, northern Illinois, wow. yeah, because it was so sparse, like, these two guys, like, answered the call, like, these are the two guys, like, for those two huge areas, <laughs> Wow. right? Yeah, imagine that. They eventually got help, like, Baraga became a bishop, because so we had priests, and, he was the Bishop of Marquette, which was like saint Salt marie at the time. Um, but yeah, so Mezichelli founded 25 parishes and actually built, like designed a lot of them. Hmm. And he also founded St. John the Evangelist Parish in Green Bay.
0: That one I think I've heard of. Okay. Because that's the oldest parish in the diocese,
1: right? Oldest parish in the diocese also the oldest standing congregation sorry not that they're standing and they're old but like <laughs> the same congregation he started oh is the same it's the trace, same community it's the same community wow it's the oldest one in wisconsin oh wow yeah like they can they can trace back to so yeah it's on the the shores of the fox river in little uh shanty town that's mm-hmm. what they call it i think um he started a parish community And uh, he's venerable, so he got past servant of God, right? He was named venerable, um, and so gotta pray for a miracle. Yeah, Madison Diocese, I believe, is the one pursuing his cause Hmm. because he was mostly in that area, southern Wisconsin, southwest. Um,
0: Where are he and Bishop Baraga buried?
1: Oh, Baraga is buried at the at the Marquette Cathedral, Hmm. so you could go up there. But um, wherever you are now, I don't know, but you could go <laughs> up there because that's always north of everybody. Yeah. <laughs> and Kelly uh, is buried in Benton, Wisconsin, at St. Patrick's Cemetery. Hmm. That was the final parish that he was pastor of. So he was just buried at the parish. Wow. So there's a venerable buried in our state.
0: Hmm.
1: Wow. So you could go visit there sometime. If you're in Wisconsin, area. yeah, I don't know. Benton, <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, south southwest mm. corner. Um, so, uh, have you heard of James Miller? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. blessed James Miller is the Let's martyr go. that I was talking about at the beginning. He went to Pacelli High School in Stevens Point, became a Christian brother, wanted to serve the missions in Central America, went down to, uh, went down first to, uh, oh gosh, I can't, it was Nicaragua, I think, or Honduras, one of the two, and started a bunch of churches, uh, schools, and was an administrator. There was an uprising, he came back, he wanted to go back down there, so they let him go to Guatemala, to be at a school, and he was just a brother, right, and he was like the fix-it guy, he also taught, classes up here at different high schools and was a football coach, but his main thing was he wanted to be down with uh, the native people in in Central America. And so there was an uprising, a coup in Guatemala. A lot of people were being killed for various reasons. The brothers were preventing the uprising coup from taking their native uh, Mayan boys and forcing them to be in their military. So the brothers were getting in the way of that. Like, how dare they get in the way of us taking these (laughs) kids at horse Yeah, so so they were mad at the brothers for that. And they sent word that one of their lives was in danger. They didn't really know exactly who it was going to be. Obviously, someone's going to be killed. Mm. But the brothers chose to stay, right? They could have left, right? Um, And then on February 13th, 1982... Three hooded men came and shot Brother Miller while he was on a ladder fixing a window at the school. Oh, wow. Yeah, and he died before hitting the ground. So, And they investigated, the Vatican investigated um, the situation. And there's like a panel of nine theologians, I guess. I'm not sure. They probably had the Vatican. Um, but they unanimously agreed that he was killed in odium fide,
0: hmm.
1: in hatred of the faith. Um, Oh, in this Yeah, in hatred of the faith, yeah And um, And so the Pope then Declared him a martyr Hmm. So you don't have to go through any of the other stages To be a blessed Oh, wow If you're a martyr Because you go straight to heaven
0: Fast track (laughs) Fast track
1: (laughs) (laughs) So then they beatified him In uh, 2019 December 7th, I think Hmm. Yeah Pope sent a delegate down to Guatemala and they had a big mass and now he's blessed so we can ask for his prayers and it's the only grave in our state where of an adult buried where it would not be appropriate to pray for that soul. Hmm.
0: Yeah, because he's already, we already know he's in heaven.
1: Yeah. Yeah, to ask yeah. for his prayers. Yeah. Or pray that, you could pray for him like, pray to God that he becomes uh, you know named a saint yeah. Yeah. yeah but like you're not praying for his eternal salvation yeah where it is appropriate to pray for any other adult you know maybe baptized children Right, so I'm, I'm referring to baptized children that's why I'm trying to distinguish like right but you know some people will think oh my you know this person was really holy they're probably in heaven and people will, you know, pray to their, you know, their relatives. And I'm not saying anything about that. You know, it's, I'm not saying anything against her for that. Yet, I'm just saying it would not be appropriate to pray for to pray for, for this one. Yeah. For this one, yeah.
2: Because that's what the church says. Yes, because the church the has church declared says, that.
1: Yep. Yes, it's official. The, yeah. Yeah. Good. So a special place to visit. He's buried, yeah, just outside St. Martin Church in Ellis, Wisconsin.
0: That's so cool. Yeah. There's a martyr. Yeah. Right here. Yeah.
1: The last one, of course, is the other Capuchin that got in the way of Father Stephen Eckert. Um, This Capuchin also was working on Father Stephen Eckert's cause. (laughs) Oh, right. (laughs) There's a quote from him, or a letter from him talking about that but busted Solanus Casey you familiar with him heard of him sure. loosely yeah yeah so he was born in Oak Grove Wisconsin and uh, he was the if I get this right I think the the sixth of like 16 children oh wow Um. and he was born in 1875 and of the sixteen children, there are ten boys. And they had their own baseball team they called it the Casey Nine. So his name was uh, Bernard Francis Casey, and he decided to leave the farm when he turned eighteen. He became a lumberjack. <laughs> an orderly. What is an
0: orderly? Like a nurse, but oh. like that keeps everything in check. Kind of like a security guard, nurse at a hospital.
1: Okay. Okay. Sure. Yeah. A prison guard and a streetcar streetcar operator in Superior. they actually got engaged at one point, but the woman's the girl's mother sent her off to boarding school. So it was a pretty young engagement, but so that didn't last. And uh when he was a streetcar operator, Bernie witnessed a murder right in front of him in broad daylight in the streets and this experience moved him to go to the church and pray you know god how can i make sure this doesn't happen and he felt god was saying be a priest (laughs) in his particular you know state and calling like that's how god wanted to use him Mm -hmm. Um, so he went to the seminary at the age 21 but struggled with latin and german he was Irish, Irish family. So he was dismissed from there. And one day he was praying before a statue of Mary and he heard the voice, a voice tell him, go to Detroit. He didn't know what that meant. But what do you do if Mary tells you go to Detroit? You go no. to Detroit. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he went to Detroit and 10 years later, he enters the Capuchins at the age of 31 the Capuchin Monastery there in Detroit. Um, He was ordained a priest in 1904. He still struggled with the studies and whatnot, but they recognized his holiness. He said his first mass in Appleton, Wisconsin. And he was ordained a simplex priest. I mean, he could only say mass and not hear confessions or preach doctrine. He couldn't preach doctrine. Hmm. So... But he was sent to various places and eventually was sent to Detroit to be the porter, which is the door guy. And people would just line up to ask his advice, to get his wisdom, and to ask for his prayers. It seemed that when Father Solanus prayed, his prayers were answered Mm -hmm. (laughs) in a positive sense. Like People knew that. He had some kind of connection with God. His big thing was telling people, now thank God ahead of time. And he'd also attribute everything to St. Joseph.
2: <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah.
1: yeah. Very simple. The doorkeeper. But guess how many people came to his funeral?
0: 100,000?
1: Well, less than that. <laughs> <laughs> 2,000. Uh, 20,000. Dang. That's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah. Just
2: funnel in. Yeah.
1: Yeah, he died in 1957 saying, I give my soul to Jesus Christ. It was 11 a.m. in the morning on the 53rd anniversary to the hour and day of his first mass. Wow. Yeah. They opened his cause in 97. They exhumed his remains in 87 was reburied 95 JP2 named him venerable 2017 Pope Francis declared that a miracle has been confirmed by the Vatican allowing for the beatification and November 2017 an opening day of deer season 60,000 people came to Ford Field for his beatification mass that's awesome instead of a football game
0: that's when you know. That's
1: when you know it was big. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's happening. Yeah. Yeah. So that's pretty awesome. I could have went. Oh, yeah. But I went hunting.
2: Oh. <laughs> tisk. Tisk. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I tried to get somebody to fly me from where I was hunting to Detroit and then back on that day so I could hunt in the morning and then fly for the mass and then come back. Because <laughs> there was a real possibility of that, but it was too cold. So. There we have it. And, of course, on my list, I try to include our Blessed Mother, who appeared in Wisconsin. Di- Where in, 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 in Wisconsin?
2: <laughs> Where <laughs> I'm in a Wisconsin? priest.
1: My name is Father Kevin Ripley. You can look me up. I'm from the Green Bay Diocese. <laughs>
2: Where in Wisconsin?
1: <laughs> huh?
2: Our Lady of Good Help?
1: Our Lady of Good Help Yeah Appeared in this state Champion? So she is a Wisconsin saint
0: Has there been any um, movement on opening the case for
1: um, What was mm, her name? Adele Bryce Adele Bryce I am not aware I've been asked that question recently a few times I still have not checked But Adele Bryce is who?
0: Uh, she's the one who saw Our Lady right. of Help appear,
1: right? Here. right. So. And often the visionary for an approved Marian apparition does have a cause for canonization. Very often, I mean, just look at Lourdes, you know, out You look at Fatima. You got the three, well, the two, at least the two mm-hmm. children, Guadalupe, Guadalupe, yeah. That was, and that wasn't even that. Guadalupe, the operation happened a long time ago, but the cause for um, Juan, Diego. Juan Diego was only finished recently. Hmm. I mean, it's not, it wasn't. It just got added to the calendar officially, that, like a couple of years ago.
0: I didn't know that. Yeah. I was assumed it was kind of always there.
1: No, I mean, I, I guess I. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, pretty sure it's more recent. Maybe someday, and then there'll be eight. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So Adele will be there. Yeah. And as Will Ferrell says, could be you.
2: Yeah, maybe 11. (laughs) Us three. You know, maybe 30. All of our listeners. (laughs)
1: Just got to start living a heroic life of virtue. (laughs) But God tends to have that in his plans. If that's going to be the case.
2: If we allow him.
1: Right, right can't get in the way
0: we all have the opportunity to become saints yes and that's one of my favorite mother angelica quotes Mm. is we are all called to be great saints don't miss the opportunity Hmm. i think that was in her intro but Hmm.
1: yeah god's pouring the grace out at all times which is pretty crazy to think
0: because all of those stories you just told us, mm-hmm. I think the thing that struck me was when one of these individuals went to pray mm-hmm. to see, like, what do I do, mm-hmm. and God answered. They did it.
1: Yeah, right.
0: Right. I mean, so often, yeah, we go pray and God gives us an answer, and we're like, eh, do you have a different answer?" Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. but just the the courage to just say yes to that. Yeah, yeah, seems to be a common
1: theme through throughout. Yeah, of course, we look to our blessed mother in this month of May who said yes. Mm -hmm. That was like the most productive thing she could have done.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And all of these uh, saints are hopefully, you know, moved to be saints. Right. Right. They all had... Just down-to-earth lives. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they lived simple lives, not overly... Yeah, I think like, that's accurate. Yeah. Yeah. But they were
1: extraordinary. Right, right.
2: In the way they right. lived.
1: I mean, the like bear guy, like, I got to get 100 miles over there to visit these people who need mm-hmm. the sacraments. I'm just going to walk there. <laughs> <laughs> Simple, but pretty extraordinary. Mm-hmm. And he was yeah. He gave everything. That's the one thing. They gave it seems like they gave they just gave everything of themselves. hmm In a good way.
2: Yeah. And God calls us to do that.
1: Yeah. Give everything. Even yeah. if even right. if he
2: has to work harder on us than he did on yeah. Peter.
1: Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well thanks guys.
0: Well thank you, Father.
1: Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah, we really appreciate it. Yeah. Your time being your, with you.
2: Your knowledge.
1: Hope, uh, hope our listeners can uh dive into these lives of saints a little bit. I definitely recommend there's a book by there's a book about Bishop Berga, the one I read in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. Um it's just Shepherd of the Wilderness, it's called. Okay. It's just very it engages the imagination like very well just to think of this wilderness priest. (laughs) It's my one book recommendation. Sounds good. Molto bene. Would
2: you like to close us with the blessing father?
1: Sure. I can do that. Yeah. Let's do that. In the name of the father and of the son and of the Holy spirit. Amen. Gracious God. Please lead us and guide us in our lives. Help us by your grace to follow you to wherever you are called. Help us to say yes, like our blessed mother. The Lord be with you.
2: And with your spirit. May Almighty
1: God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Go in peace. Thank you. All right. You're welcome.
2: From life, cheers to you. God bless. Peace.